There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going well, Shay. It's a busy time and an exciting time in the world of Apex, so we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, this uh, episode is going to be a busy one. Saturday is going to be a busy one. Next week's going to be a busy one. We got a lot of stuff going on in Apex, as you said. And yeah, it's going to be an enjoyable next few weeks, I think, uh, in terms of the content. That's for freaking sure. Uh, But before we dive into all that, though, and talk about the episode, please leave a five-star review if you want your question answered on the show or ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions. We appreciate any support over in Discord. And... We got some cool stuff coming out over there. Stick around to the end of this episode when we talk about some news and uh, you're going to get the good stuff there. Also, drop us a follow on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burson. We're just always tweeting over there and uh, we ran a fun poll uh, as well recently, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, let's dive right into it. I think we had a really fun Saturday episode where we were able to draft our teams in a hypothetical Apex Legends fight. and. The results were profound. <laughs> um, yeah, Shay's team won seventy-eight percent of the votes to my twenty-two percent. So yeah, we're gonna have to do a rematch. I uh, will say, hopefully, looking, close the gap. Looking at the post now, though, your team did get some written-in support for some strategy. I will say, my side I, was vocal. Your side was vocal versus my side, just like as we talked about Saucier and just voted for me. Or it was uh, just a popularity contest. People <laughs> just said, Shay, I'm with him. He's my favorite. Oh so my we'll have God. to see if we can repeat that. Yeah. Well, let's dive in some news, fun. though. We got a fun episode. We're going to be talking about the latest and greatest in Apex Legends. Luckily enough, we were fortunate enough to get our hands on some Season 16 things early, and we're going to give our first impressions of all that today. If you're in following Apex content creation, you're going to get bombarded by news, but we hope you choose to listen to our our uh, opinions on all the matters. Uh, but before we dive into that, first, let's talk about the Apex anniversary. Four years henry four years what does four years of apex mean to you because it's mind-boggling yeah it blows my mind i we've dedicated our lives to apex (laughs) we've been day one fans and it's weird because i i'm in disbelief that it's actually been four years because we've been so committed to apex every single week for nearly three years on this show, it doesn't seem like, oh, it hasn't been that long, but I just would feel a lot more comfortable with three years. You know, four years, it, it seems longer than it than it feels. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. Because what I always think about is when we started the pod versus when Apex came out, mm-hmm. and then I come back to how bad we were at the game for so long. That, yeah, before yeah. the pod. Before the pod. Like, yeah. you and I weren't, huge Fortnite people, you more than me, but we weren't like super familiar with the BR genre, grinding repeatedly for hours and hours and hours. This was kind of our first time that we got fully infatuated with the genre and game style coming from Titanfall. And so it kind of took us some time to adjust. And so I, yeah, I do look back on those kind of fond memories of like a fourth place was a big deal for us back in the day. It was amazing how different the game felt. And like you said, just how even good we were. Our goal was to get a dub a week. Like uh, if we got a win once a week, that was amazing. And now we're, you know, dub a day, multiple dubs a day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy how far we've come. But even just the pace of play has changed so much. Um, I was reminiscing about what were my favorite legends and weapons in the early days of Apex? And for me, it was Lifeline to begin with, and then Bangalore, and then finally into Gibraltar. And not a whole lot of deviation from those kind of support legends. Mm -hmm. And then the weapon of choice for me was, it was the Spitfire Mm -hmm. up until like season three or four. Uh, when I kind of got hooked on the G7, but 
that early days Spitfire was yeah. pretty next level. Yeah. A longbow with skull piercer and that yes. wingman with skull piercer back in the day as well. Man, the game has changed and we're going to talk about how the game is continuing to change maybe now more than ever uh, at this point with this coming season. Before we do that, let's talk about Date Night, though, the new LTM that is officially out. We talked about it a few episodes ago, kind of our impressions of what we thought the game was going to feel like, but we played it for the first time yesterday. How do you feel about this LTM You know, takeover of a playlist more than anything else? It's cool. I'm really supportive of this format of taking over a playlist. I think that it's going to help with the player base size to kind of force people into it. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea of not replacing both trios and duos, but keeping one, you know, stable yeah. and then playing with the other one. Um, in terms of the actual takeover, pretty straightforward, pretty fun. Um, it works well uh, mm-hmm. from what we could tell. Um, fun to have the bow as well um, yeah. everywhere. I think it's one of our favorite weapons of all time probably and to have it coming down in care packages to have it in loot ticks like it's it's a lot of fun so i like it yeah it it was crazy to me how fast you can heal your teammate up in in this mode like if somebody gets cracked and goes behind the door well if they start hitting a bat or a cell you hit a med kit or a syringe for them and they're back to full health immediately outside of having the crazy bow uh, stuff as well. So yeah, I think it's a fun mode. It's cool. We, I don't know. Do we look at this as like, hey, this is kind of just a fun, odd Valentine's Day healing thing? Or is anything in here something that maybe we could see in a future legend or a rework or something in terms of team healing in Apex Legends? How do you think those features play? I don't want to put on the tinfoil hat or anything, <laughs> but I kind of want to think that, that this is testing a potential ability. Mm-hmm. Um, unlikely, but I would like to feel that way. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's like, cause you could go two ways. You could say, Hey, this is testing a legend ability because we'll see if like the healing is a passive or something, or mm-hmm. is there an ability coming that where you activate your ultimate and your weapon then allows you to you know heal your teammates kind of thing, or we you know could look at it as like you're testing a weapon, whether it's a new thing entirely or a hop up for the bow while it's in the care package or something like that. I don't know. You go a lot of ways. Like you said, tinfoil hat, we very well may never see anything like this in the game, but it's always interesting to put that lens on and and think about it for a second. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, The next piece of news to talk about though, we have the anniversary collection event officially announced. We'll be celebrating four years of Apex with new rewards. If you log in throughout the two weeks, you'll be able to receive full unlocks of Crypto and Ash for free, along with thematic packs for each legend. That offer kicks off on February 14th. And then, with the new season, we're also getting a community-created reward track. 150 heirloom shards for completing the collection event. All maps are going to be decorated with balloons of the legends and Nessies. And a few other little cool things in there as well. And Mirage Voyage is returning, but is now called Mirage Trois and will be on all maps for the duration of the season. Henry and I were lucky enough, as we kind of mentioned earlier on, to get our hands on season revelry early and play on Mirage Trois and see all these, you know, little map updates in action. What do you think? And what do you think about the anniversary collection event? You know, obviously this is kind of maybe becoming a thing. Shards on the anniversary. Is this going to get you pulling the trigger? I always ask you. You're a good barometer for things because you're, <laughs> oh, you you man. don't spend a lot of money on Apex. So when you do, it's normally a big deal. I got my Gibby heirloom mm-hmm. with my lucky pull of the packs. Uh, so I'm not really itching for any shards. Um, but Bloodhound. Well, it's, it's still up in the air, okay? You'll have to ask me later. Um, <laughs> it's, it's unlikely, though, for me. Um, I just, I have to say how much I love, love, love giving free unlocks to Legends. Yes. Um, and I think we did it last year with Octane, Watson, and Valkyrie. And now to bring in more crypto play, I think is really cool because I think he has a really appealing uh, kit. 
Like, I think a lot of players think, oh, cool, a drone and an EMP, that sounds really powerful and fun. Yeah. I'm able to get out of the perspective of my legend. Nobody else can really do that. So it's really cool, but it's also so far out there that I, I think it's unlikely that a lot of people unlock that kind of play style because it's so foreign. So I'm really excited to see if that will move the dial a little bit and how much crypto is played. Um, I think one of the downsides for for this new season is I can't pronounce it. So like for some reason, I just revelry. It just doesn't really roll off the tongue for me. Um, so yeah, other than that, I'm really excited. And I think heirloom shards, good. It's nice to see that as a now tradition. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a blast. I might be talked into the shards. We'll see. Uh who knows? It kind of depends on if you're maining somebody without an heirloom at the time. That's and right. As we're gonna talk about later, meta could be shifting. Um but yeah, let's talk about revelry, however you say it to your point. Uh that's gonna be the name of the next Apex Legends season, gonna be dropping soon. We were like, as I kind of mentioned twice now, we got to play Revelry early. So we're going to go over some of the stuff we were fortunate enough to be able to play and notice and some of the things that were talked about in the dev diaries that have come out over the last week and give our initial thoughts on it. And then our goal is to, over these next two weeks, kind of dive into the nitty gritty details of everything when we get patch notes, after we kind of get our hands on uh, something like the new gun for an extended period of time to test out the numbers. Um, yeah, but we'll start with the high-level stuff, and maybe the first and biggest thing that we do need to talk about is we're going to get no new legend coming this season, and instead, every existing legend is getting some sort of change by them revamping the class system with new perks. We'll dive deep into the perks at the end of this episode, and that's kind of how we're going to wrap things up today. But no new legend. Uh, first time ever. And, and it's something we've been told could happen before. So this isn't like out of left field completely. Um, but still, uh, first time ever, a huge shift up to the content uh, funnel that we're kind of used to. Yeah. Um, for me, it absolutely blows my mind. <laughs> I did not ever think this was going to happen. Um, and I'm still in shock. But that being said, this is what a lot of people wanted a year or even two years ago. Mm -hmm. They wanted a, a health season, a quality of life season, and this is what we're getting. And so, although I think it's a little awkward to you know, celebrate Apex Legends by breaking the one tradition that we've always had every single season, mm -hmm. in some ways, it, it's nice to kind of just say, hey, here's the game. We're not really going to introduce a new legend but we're going to try to look across the entire roster and make all the necessary changes at once. And to be honest, we have been absolutely starved for legend balancing yeah. and meta changes over the last year. Like, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I feel like we hardly talk about it anymore because mm -hmm. it used to be our just, favorite thing. <laughs> it used to be the thing that got us up in the morning. It was the biggest thing. We love talking about it, we love just speculating about it. And it's been so long now that we've pretty much discounted it completely. It's not a part of our you know, regular conversation and probably not on the podcast either. So this does mean a lot to us, but I'm still stunned that in order to get that, we sacrificed a new legend. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's like to your point, you never want to sacrifice a new legend and it's always too bad to have new, not have new content. We'll see obviously how the community reacts to this. I think there's a lot of things to look forward to. And to your point, I'm really excited for seeing how the meta shifts out and how much we really do get in terms of all the detailed balancing uh, when we get those official patch notes. It's going to be really interesting to look at. And I think Apex is going to feel really different. And I, I'm actually more of the new legend person versus you, I feel like, generally speaking. I love playing the new legend each and every year. You're always anti-change. So it's been funny in our lead-up conversations to this. Like You've been a little bit more disappointed than I have normally when I think I would have assumed it would have been the reverse between us. Uh, and so I think you know we'll see how this kind of impacts 
it's it's more like the middle of the season where you start to maybe feel stuff like this. You start to feel if there is going to be a lack of content. Um, you know, thankfully to the point that you made, they're going to be doing a lot. And it's not like we're just getting what we've had the last three seasons minus a new legend. We're getting a lot more as well. Um, yeah. And and that's I think the optimistic point of view to to look towards. Um, and as I said, we'll talk about the class system here towards the end of the episode. Um, but let's get into the some more stuff. The first thing we need to talk about is the Apex Legends game director said there's going to be, quote, sweeping changes coming to the game this year, emphasizing that nothing is off the table. Legends, map modes, progression, ranked, there's not an area we're standing still. Um, Henry, you hear that from the game director, a game director that we don't normally hear a lot from, um, which isn't a bad thing. Not that's by all means, it's always great to get the communication from the devs, but the game director, it's a big deal when, you know, he comes out and says stuff like this, expect anything sweeping changes. We could we be looking at a widely different apex a year from today at this point? What's your guess say? So, I've, I'm the traditionalist, like you said. <laughs> I get scared. Like, yeah. I, I, I see this and it makes me nervous because I hate to rock the boat so much. Yeah. Um, my prediction, though, is that Apex is not going to deviate from the Battle Royale. I think that Correct. they are locked in there. Like The number one thing that I want out of Apex right now is an alternative to ranked for progression and grinding and working towards something. I would love to see weapon skins or legend skins or specialized legends or some sort of thing to work towards with challenges and XP that isn't just the next rank. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that maybe that could come this year, but I'm pretty certain that it's going to be tied to BR, but, you know, not having a new legend come out, maybe that's the beginning of some really drastic changes. Yeah, I think at this point, they, I mean, the, the director is saying nothing's off the table. Yeah. And so we get to have fun with that. We get to brainstorm. We get to say things like TTK could shift. We get to say yeah. things like Evo Armor could change or that we could go back to, you know, we talked about behind the scenes, the LTM from way back in the day where guns had all attachments and had... Uh, you know, rarity colors to them just individually. And we could be going down that field as well. Like there's a ton of things that when we say sweep and changes, how the game could shift. And at the end of the day, they're going to do what they think is best for the game by all means. And so I think that's what we got to care about first and foremost. I think my, my bold prediction, I'll say over the next year on the anniversary, I think the rank system we have today is going to look way different than the rank system we end this calendar year with. I think that's going to be one of the biggest changes. I'm not sure how exactly they're going to do it. I think that's kind of the next big thing, though, that we're kind of going to get, though, in terms of you know, maybe quality of life updates, if we want to say it's in that vein. Yeah, totally. I think it's a great prediction. Next piece of news. Arenas is officially being sunsetted. My oh my. And we are getting the introduction of mixtape and team deathmatch into Apex Legends. Before we talk about mixtape and TDM, Arena's sunsetting, officially gone. What are your thoughts? Um, good riddance. Uh, <laughs> it was a really fantastic idea. Um, when it came out, season nine, Shay and I felt like this was going to change everything. Yeah. Um, this was going to change the pro scene. This was going to change how you played with your friends. This is going to, you know, change how people warm up and practice. And I think that it was too competitive. It was yeah. too serious. And for that reason, coupled with a kind of failed ranked system, mm-hmm. it it didn't really pick up the pace that it needed. What I think is the positive to the end of arenas is the fact that we're not going to lose all those assets and those maps. All those maps are being repurposed into new game modes, which Mm -hmm. that's a blessing. I mean, good thing. We have so much content. We just needed new mechanics, new game modes to go on top of them. And it's probably going to work great. Yeah. When I, when I look back at the introduction of arenas, 
uh, you know, you like like you said, you and I were definitely wrong on what we thought was going to happen with arenas, and I think it speaks to why I think TDM and mixtape, which we'll talk about here, are going to be more successful. I think arenas was in a way brought into the game as an alternative to battle royale. It was if you don't like battle royale but you like Apex, you can play arenas and you can play arenas competitively with a ranked mode. And I think, you know, you talk about the games it compares more to, like arenas in terms of structure with a buying system was meant to, at least visually, it looks closer to like a Valorant, a CSGO, that kind of stuff. And I think maybe part of the goal was to port some of those players over, maybe into the Apex ecosystem. And with this, with what ended yeah. up happening with arenas and it just kind of being a, a dead playlist, I think it's pretty obvious that that didn't happen. And it was essentially a failure on multiple fronts. And to see them sunset it is, you know, always sad to see something like that, that a lot of developers spent a long time working on making arenas be the best that they thought it could be. Um, but it opens up a lot of opportunity in terms of the playlist for what we have replacing it. Um, I will note that it was said that, you know, arenas could come back at some point. They didn't say this is going to be gone forever. Maybe it makes its way into the mixtape. Maybe it makes its way as like an LTM or something like that um, or readjusted. But for the meantime, we have Team Deathmatch. And what's Team Deathmatch? 6v6, respawn game mode, fast-paced combat. It's a best of three. So the first to win two rounds wins. You win a round by your team getting 30 total kills. What is mixtape? Mixtape is a rotation of Team Deathmatch, Gun Run, and Control. So the modes that people have been, I will say, praising for the most part mm-hmm. over the last couple of seasons are going to be permanent in rotation. We got to play Team Deathmatch. What was your first impression from playing Team Deathmatch over the last uh, well, one our PlayStation was? It was really great. Yeah. I think the first impression was the round system was a little weird. I wasn't anticipating that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I do think it's nice. You know, the alternative to doing a rounds is first to a hundred kills. You know, um, instead of first to you know. 30 kills two yeah. times. Um, but I really like it. I think for me, we've been wanting this for so, so long, yeah, but it's yeah. kind of nuts. Like, not only were we talking about this beginning of last year when Control was coming out, we were talking about this before Arenas. Like, mm-hmm. this has been a long time anticipated. So I'm glad it's finally here and I'm happy to say it's really fun. Yeah, it was a blast for sure. And I think. You know, in terms of what we can say about the mode right now and how it'll play, it's similar to control without objectives and in a smaller environment. You get to play really dang quick. You get to shoot a lot of shots. Uh, You don't choose your loadout. You have kind of those specialized uh, control-esque loadouts. And yeah, I I think it's just going to be a blast. I I told you, I think, off air, I was like, I I can... I know for a fact I'll play more of this than I did arenas, and it won't be close. Like This is built to warm you up for BR. This is built to help you practice and improve quickly and be casual. You don't see deaths in the scoreboard. You only see kills. It's not being built as and built as a highly competitive mode, which I think is for the best. This is something that you can do casually with your friends quickly for fun. It's going to be a blast. I think one of the things I am looking forward to, potentially, Henry, and I know we haven't really talked about this, is will we be able to play TDM, Gun Run, and Control in private lobbies now with them being a bit more permanent? I lean towards no, but it would be kind of fun if we could you know, put together maybe like 6v6 matches of uh, yeah. TDM just for fun with people. <laughs> Yeah, with your friends and just being able to have that private lobby experience would be great. I I hope that we do. I I would bet that we will you be think able so? to do that. I just struggle um, for control to be in there. Maybe it would be like just team deathmatch or something. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can only hope. I think that it's really exciting to have three unique game modes that are all respawn. You know, this is yeah. a quick pace of play. This is something where you're getting a lot of action. Um, I think it's exactly what the Apex community needs. Um, my only worry is that we have LTMs. Gun Run is one of my favorite LTMs that we've ever had. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to have it back. But 
I was not playing it every day for two weeks straight, you know, and I worry that we get a few weeks into the season, a few weeks into mixtape, and the player base drastically goes back to BR and goes back to ranked, and these playlists die. That's my worry. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that anymore, <laughs> but I, that is a concern of mine. I think it's a fair concern for sure. And we'll see how it kind of shifts with the players. I'm hoping that the more casualness of it keeps it viable for people to play before or after. It's like your cool down or your warm up was is is my hope. Yeah. That's how I initially envision it uh, fitting into my uh, playing experience. Um, next thing though, because let's gonna keep it rolling. We got a new weapon, the Nemesis Energy AR from the devs. Quote tuned hot. Henry, would you say this weapon is tuned hot? Tell me about the Nemesis. <laughs> It absolutely is. It's so powerful. It's almost not even funny. I mean, you, you <laughs> We're can, talking nerf. Like you can guarantee a nerf. It's <laughs> like they want you to use this new weapon, and they want to mix up the AR meta immediately. And this will swiftly do that. Yep. Um, it's a burst energy AR that you can fire fully auto, so you mm-hmm. can just hold down the trigger, which by itself. That's insane. I mean, let me let me just describe the weapon again from <laughs> the top. It is a fully automatic burst energy AR with a 30-round mag size. That is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And, oh, did I forget? It has 0.0 recoil. <laughs> it is it's so deadly dang accurate. good. Yeah. It's so <laughs> dang good. This thing absolutely shreds in TDM. I can't say enough how powerful it is we'll be doing a breakdown of the weapon and kind of how it stacks up against its competitors but you know newsflash it's really good yeah but i don't think i have much else to build off of that except for the fact that pick it up pick it up when it comes out and enjoy it while you can that's all i'll say uh next update though we're gonna have the new player experience it's being highly revamped and a huge shift is coming for first-time players there's going to be big changes to the firing range. Dummies are going to be able to shoot back at you. Strafe speed, all this kind of fun stuff's being shifted. They're adding orientation matches before you kind of get thrown in with real people with bots. And so players will be able to kind of get their feet wet in maps and apex fighting against bots. I don't know if we know the exact number, if it's going to be like two or three games before you're then thrown in. Uh, but this is kind of a nice little feature. And I think overall we're seeing that emphasis on first-time players. This isn't going to affect us. This isn't really going to affect anyone listening to this podcast, most likely. Is there anything we should take away from this, though, as longer-time fans of the game? I think this is a play for player retention. Yep. You know, And I think this is what a lot of the conversation around skill-based matchmaking has been around of, well, we can't do this because we really want to protect the newer players, or we... We do it this way because we want to protect them. I think introducing bot matches is something that has existed in BRs for years now and something that Apex has strayed away from. But I'm optimistic. Like you said, it's not going to affect you or I. But I hope that this is an overall positive for attracting new players Mm -hmm. because we just talk about it all the time. Apex is a very, very hard game. It's probably the most complex BR out there. It's got the most complicated, fastest movement. It has crazy abilities. The maps are so dynamic. It's a hard game to get into. So I'm a big supporter of this. I couldn't have said it better myself. Next piece of news, the meta. I will say overall, we talked about that there's going to be a lot of stuff shifting. Let's give you some examples real quick. We'll dive into this in depth in a coming show. We're really excited to talk about it. But Seer, Wraith, Horizon, Bloodhound, Lifeline, and more are all getting changes individually to their kit. Uh, we're not going to dive too deep into the details. Those details are going to start to come out. We're going to wait till we have the patch notes and the specific numbers to really, really talk about everything. The only thing I'll tease is the scan meta conversation is going to get very interesting in Season 16. That's all I want to say. And... Seer and Bloodhound were both in that list, uh, for better or for worse. So it's going to be a topic of conversation. We could be talking about it as soon as Saturday. (laughs) We certainly will. I think this is going to be the biggest part of this season. Definitely. And then 
Last but not least, and there's going to be more stuff we talk about when the patch notes roll around, but in terms of what we want to share right now, in Season 16, the ranked map is going to change every 24 hours instead of once at a split. And the maps for this season are going to be Broken Moon, Stormpoint, World's Edge. Those maps are going to be mirrored and ranked and pubs. How do you feel about this one, Henry? This is another, like... Just big shift in terms of the norm of Apex. Instead of playing the same map every single day for a month at a time, for months at a time, I mean, you're all you're messing around every day, playing something new. Yeah, I I'm happy to see that the majority of players are excited about this. Yeah. Um I I think that it's difficult to ignore the fact that Olympus isn't on this list. I mm-hmm. think that's sad. Um, they're still working on fixing whatever happened to that map that made it unplayable um but the reason that i'm a little bit more hesitant to fully adopt this and be really excited is one of the great things about ranked in the past has been you really get to learn a map and you study a map and you take it serious and you drop in the same location game after game after game that's going to be a lot harder i mm-hmm. think this is introducing a higher difficulty level to ranked that now you have to know three maps really well all at one time yep. and bouncing in between those i predict will be a challenge mm-hmm. for the vast majority of players so i'm excited about it because i love ranked and i think this is going to mix things up but at the same time it's going to make things more challenging well, I'll say right now, we're going to have the content for you to help out. We're yes. going to have guides coming out for all these maps in terms of the current iterations of Ranked. And I think to your point with it being harder, we'll probably spend more time creating content around this, around team comps on a per map basis. How does the legend and meta shift between maps and how do you play each map? How do you get comfortable at one or two drop spots? How do you play them? Because you're going to have to be able to adapt quickly and... We're going to try and help you. We're going to try and help you do it. (laughs) Before we get into the rest of the news, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Okay, before we talk about the legend classes, here's a quick little interruption to talk about a key piece of news. ALGS Split 1 Playoff Champions. Congratulations to TSM and the boys for coming out on top. Woo! Henry, TSM, they're back, baby. They're back. Yeah. You got to be <laughs> excited. I know you, you've been a fan for a long time. They're a fan favorite. Um, so fun just to see everybody in person. Yeah. I think the LAN experience has just been missed, clearly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited for this whole year because we're going to be getting more of it. Mm-hmm. And like in the games that I was able to watch, I wasn't able to you know, be an absolute fan. But the gameplay is so insane where you'll have teams converge on each other and they are hip-firing wingman headshots for the squad wipe. And I just have to take a moment and say, you do know that that wasn't like an accident. Like Mm -hmm. They do this all the time. They're playing against the best players in the world. Yeah imagine what they would do to you or I. Well, we've it's seen it. Disgusting. We've seen it occasionally. Occasionally. Yes. And uh, it is disgusting, that's to say the least. But yeah, well said. Um, land's awesome. I hope we get some land over here on the west coast of the U.S. in the coming years so you and I can go to a tournament in person mm-hmm. and check it out. Uh, no plans to go to London anytime soon, but hey, ALGS, if you're listening and you want to send us out there to pod from the ALGS, we will happily do so. Uh, but yeah, I think overall it was a great, great stream, uh, great weekend. B stream was great as always. And just the content around the ALGS was, I think, taken to another level. I'll highlight the hilarious interview Rain Day did with Hal and Sweets. Oh my gosh, so funny. Henry, I know we're going to watch it back again multiple times, but Randy, killer content as always. And, and those two guys, like, I know they're the two best IGLs in Apex Legends and two of the best players in Apex Legends. I would love nothing more than to actually see them play together. Because when we did see them play together at Twitch Rivals, it was awesome. So, yeah. 
I'm a fan of super teams in sports, so uh, let's do it over here. But they did just win, so I guess we're not seeing changes anytime soon. <laughs> That's right. It was really fun. Okay, next piece of news real quick before we do dive into those classes. Trailer reactions. They're going to be coming to you Saturday. We're going to kind of dive in, but we have gotten one trailer now. Anything you want to say real quick on the topic before we maybe do a bit more in-depth uh, in this coming weekend? It was a great trailer. Not only did it introduce Team Deathmatch, but it also just showed you Lifeline wielding the nemesis yeah. and kind of giving people yeah. a little sneak peek that this thing is Fries. a beast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, Apex trailers are elite. I'll say it. I think they do really great stuff. Um, I, I get most excited for stories from the Outlands, though. So I am a little sad that you know because of the new legend, we're not going to be getting that. Uh, in this coming season, maybe we'll get something for an existing legend. That'd be awesome. Um, but you know, first time we're ever not getting a new legend means the first time we're not getting that lore that comes with the new legend. So I wonder if we're gonna get lore in any other ways uh, in the coming season. So something to keep an eye out for. But we've been talking for a bit. We said this was gonna be a long episode when we went to record. Let's talk about the new legend classes and. They're all coming out. The today is the day when uh, the information is officially released, dude. Before we dive into them individually, how do you how do you think the class system is going to shift Apex holistically at a high level? Yeah, I think that there's going to be winners and losers here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a perk system. It's a reclassification of the legends, but it's also the introduction of a perk system and. Some perks are way more impactful than others. And I think not only will this change up a few playstyles, but it'll also give some legends a, a really nice buff mm-hmm. just for being associated with that perk. So I'm excited for those two things. I won't go out on a limb and say this is going to rock the meta. Um, and maybe we'll talk more about that as we get into the abilities. Yeah. There's one thing that'll rock our meta, and I will say I think mm-hmm. it's going to absolutely rock competitive's meta. I think what you saw at the ALGS playoff split one is going to be way different from what you see in the split two. Like, Most likely. These perks, I think, are going to be a big impact on you know the highest levels of Apex Legends. How it affects pubs will kind of, or pubs, maybe not even pubs, but just lower levels of ranked will be kind of interesting. So let's we'll start at the top. We got Assault. Uh, so that's going to be Ash, Mad Maggie, Bangalore, Rev, and Fuse. The perk Assault Legends are getting is that they're going to get access to red bins that come full of high level gear and the ability to hold extra ammo in each individual stack. Do you want to go through all of them and then talk about them, or do you want to go one by one? Uh, let's go one by one. Okay. What do you think about um, Assault? This is really good, people. Um, these red supply bins are like the extra compartment the Lifeline has in her passive, but now there's a red variant, and instead of little shield cells, you have Gold extended mags. mags, you got optics, <laughs> you got really great stuff. Um, which, you know, for a legend like Bangalore, this is really nice. There's somebody that you wouldn't ever think is going to get a buff because they're so stable. But this is going to give them more ammo on that R301. It's going to give them attachments and I think really push them to be Assault Legends. Um, I think this class are some of the winners for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think this is one of the better ones. And we'll talk about classes in way more detail in the coming months and you know maybe do some rankings and stuff like this. I do want to say before we keep going into them, I think first glance outside of one legend, I think they nailed the location of all of the all the legends in their perspective classes. Like this feels like an assault group. It feels like they all fit here and they correctly benefit from it. Um, next we got recon though. Man, in terms of what you and I have been preaching on the podcast since the very beginning, our beliefs on how you play Apex Legends, regardless of now, I think this will affect our community a lot because of how much we talk about it. High level, maybe it doesn't affect everybody. But for us, I think this is the biggest change we've ever seen in Apex Legends because this recon group of Crypto, Bloodhound, Vantage, and Seer 
will no longer be able to see the next ring location when they scan survey beacons. They will instead get data on the locations of enemy teams similar to map room. So they reveal all the enemies in their current locations. We think it lasts a little bit longer than map room, just off of first feel. But man, like this is a huge thing. This is a huge thing. For you and I, this is a huge thing. It's kind of sad in a way, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I I will say that I like the direction a lot mm-hmm. because you have a legend like Bloodhound or even Vantage. Why are they preparing themselves or their teams for the end game when their abilities give you information about enemies immediately in front of you? Yeah. Now their perk, their class perk, doubles down on that and says, all right, you've now scanned the beacon. This is where enemies are. Go use your abilities on those. And so you know, the pairing of Assault Legends and Recon Legends is going to be very, very natural, as well as the next class that we're going to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And let, Let's skip ahead, actually, a little bit. Let's talk about Controller as well, and then we can talk about these kind of in comparison. So Controller, that's our Caustic Watson Rampart Catalyst. Controlling areas, that's the controller class. They're going to get access to the next ring, scan, next ring scan, formerly known as the survey beacon, on unique kind of like ring consoles. Um, and these are even sometimes inside of buildings as well. So it's not going to be the same thing as a survey beacon uh, by any means. We're seeing a big shift, though, just from that. We're seeing the recon legends, to your point, be able to see more the data stuff, what's right in front of you, where the enemies are. Recon's about revealing where the enemies are, and the controllers are taking over the forward-thinking, future game-planning, intel purposes of Apex Legends. And why this is such a big deal, as we've always said, if you want to play defensive, if you want to play Final Zone, if you want to play that Watson comp, that you know caustic comp where you go ahead, find the final ring, and lock it down, okay, when, when you're building a team, you have to play a Recon Legend with them in order to get there, just because then you're going to be able to know kind of where you go rather than having to guess. Having this ability linked to the controllers and not the Recon Legends opens up Team Construct in a huge way. You can now put a Controller Legend with two Movement Legends to really get them to that end game in a really easy way. You can put them with the support legends or the assault legends, like which we'll talk about. And this just opens up a lot of potential avenues now where previously, if you wanted to play that way, you were locked into like recon plus defense plus fill in the gap. Now there's going to be an endless supply of options. Yeah. And it's, it's just such a big deal because these controllers, they're supposed to control positioning. Now they're self-sufficient to know what positioning to control. So you're right that it really expands the the team comp potential because you don't have to have that survey beacon as a role on your team because it's already covered by the controller player, but you could triple down on this kind of defensive controller class and say, all right, we're doing Caustic Watson Rampart because we can. Mm-hmm. Like we have all the tools we need in order to get the positioning. Yeah. Get there as quick as we can by rotating. Yeah, you're you're missing out on that, you know, mobility or rotation. But if you get this like information early, you can just walk it and be really successful. So this is definitely the the biggest impact to your and my style of play. Why I'm not absolutely freaking out and blowing out the microphone right now is these are all not popular legends. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to really rock everybody's world as much as it might rock our world. Yeah. Um, where this starts to get exciting for more players is as a fan of esports, how will this impact the competitive scene? Yeah, definitely. It's going to be really interesting. And, and honestly, it's going to be a, a sign, I think, like you kind of talked about, these recon legends, you know, Seer Bloodhound are the most popular legends from this group of recon and controller legends and there's going to be some other changes that we'll talk about in detail to those legends individually but does the losing of the beacon and the potential changes to their abilities do we see a huge drop away from the usage of these legends in the game 
And I think there's a lot of people that would be happy if that was the outcome. But I think those are going to be kind of to your point of like, these aren't all popular legends. Well, those two are the most popular. Are we going to be able to isolate the recon not having the beacon as the reason for them potentially dipping if they do? Probably not, but we can maybe give it partial uh, partial uh, fault, if anything. Um, next class, though. Skirmisher class. Mirage, Octane, Pathfinder, Wraith, Horizon, Falk. Those legends are going to be able to see the contents of supply drops before they land. Not like a Loba where you're going to be able to see inside of it, but you're actually going to kind of have the ability to see the icon, ping, and understand, which allows these legends to be able to say, is a care package worth it ahead of time from essentially a very, very far distance. Um, I think you alluded to it, Henry. Not all of these abilities are going to be the same strength. And this is, I think, the one you and I are on agreement on as probably being the weakest of all these perks. It's pretty much useless. <laughs> like it's, it's probably one step above being absolutely nothing. Um, it's very weird. Um, but there's a reason why I think this is on purpose an underpowered perk. Yeah. And that reason being Octane, Pathfinder, Wraith, Horizon, Valk, some of not only the most popular, but also the most powerful legends in the game. Yeah. So not giving them a crazy good perk passive kind of makes sense and to group them all together also makes sense um what doesn't make sense and what is completely unjust is mirage being grouped in with some of the best most powerful legends and not getting a perk because of it um you know mirage is such a fun flexible legend that you could put them in support as a reser, you could put them in recon as a counter recon. You could put them in assault mm-hmm. um, like they used to be. So I think it's sad that Mirage got looped into all the high mobility, powerful, aggressive yeah. legends. But uh, other than that, this makes a lot of sense why the skirmishers exist. And that Mirage agenda, if you're a fan of the third party podcast, we will continue to push uh, until the end of time at this point. This is this is unjust uh, to our boy Mirage. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Let's talk about the last class though. Support, Gibraltar, Lifeline, Loba, Newcastle. All support legends are going to get access to the blue bins and the ability to craft respawn banners even after they have expired. So this isn't exactly the uh, Loba buff everyone wanted of being able to grab the banners out of the ultimate, but now all your support legends will be able to not have to go kill themselves with their lack of mobility if they want to bring back the team from death. What, what's your thought on this one? Do you think, we, we talk about respawning's hard already, so kind of that aside, what do you think about the core of this ability? I think it's really cool. Um, you know, not only will I say that I think this group is really fun, I think that Newcastle and Gibraltar being an assault makes a lot of sense, even though they are flexible legends. You know, they definitely have some controller elements. They also have some assault elements in terms of Gibraltar's ultimate. Um, but I really like this grouping, and I think that all four legends are going to greatly benefit from their perks. Yep. Um, the blue bin access for all support legends is massively buffed. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just kind of insane. You know, you're getting respawn beacons, you're getting Phoenix kits, shield bats, med kits. It's, it's pretty hefty. Um, I'm really curious to see how this crafting respawn banners changes player like strategies and player tendencies, because normally if we know a crypto got away, all right, we're going to try to camp the banners mm-hmm. or the boxes to maybe prevent that. Or we know, oh, that crypto got the banners, they're probably going to respawn. Now it's going to be a lot harder to know that. Yeah. We still know, okay, there's now four more legends that are able to get those banners, but it's for an infinite duration. Yeah. And I think there's just more things to keep track of. So it's going to be interesting how much people maybe stop camping death boxes now 
or how much this is actually utilized yeah. where you're not going to risk it to go back and get the banner. You're just going to craft it. And I'm, I'm really curious. I don't know if it will make these legends more popular than mm-hmm. they are, but it's a pretty cool small buff and change of maybe how we play Apex from a team standpoint. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm really fascinated on how it plays out. One of the interesting things I also think is, will it change abandonment penalties at all? Because normally, once your banner expires, you're kind of scot-free to leave the game. Now that you could theoretically be brought back at any time, how is that going to alter, one, how people actually do stick around? My gut is that it doesn't. But then, too, does it in ranked actually change anything for people that you are essentially now, if you're playing with a support legend, you're locked in until the team's dead and eliminated more than anything else. Yeah. So overall, meta thoughts, anything. We, we talked a bit, I think, more about the recon controllers being the big drivers here. But overall, what do you think this class perk system is is doing for the game, positive or negative? I think that it's a really nice quality of life buff for some legends that needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, will it absolutely shift the meta on its own? I don't think so because all of the popular legends are relatively unaffected by this. Um, and I think not enough people scan the survey beacon for that to really rock the boat. What will change the meta are the legend balancing updates that we'll talk more about on the next episode, Yeah, um, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think uh, if we're talking about people that can get the short end of the stick, we're probably talking about Mirage. And we're probably talking about Crypto because big appeal for him was that he was the best at scanning the beacon uh, all the time. So those two guys, I think we'll see if this affects them. Uh, Overall, it's just going to be hard to track if the perks or the balancing changes that come out are going to be what impact you know, pick rate and legend selection moving forward. But this is going to this is going to be if you're a master level player, a big impact. And if you're a fan of the ALGS and esports, I think it's going to be a big impact as well there. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but really cool stuff, honestly. At the end of the day, really cool stuff. And the UI to support these new legend classes as well on the menus. Christine, I'm a big fan of, for sure. <laughs> big shakeup. Okay, last piece of news. Third-party invitational. Henry, we've talked about it and teased that we are going to be making some changes with the introduction of private lobbies for everybody. What are we doing? Take it away. We kind of have a game plan that we're officially rocking with. Yeah, buckle up. There's a lot to go over. Um, but first and foremost... We are now going to have monthly tournaments every single month. So that's really increasing the cadence of how much tournaments we're putting on. It's going to be the last Friday of every month at 5 p.m. PST check-in time. What we're going to do to kind of continue off of our last third-party invitational is to have some sort of fun rule ranging from specific legend bands to fixed team comps. Last time we did no recon legends. So we're going to keep that kind of fun rule to make it a little bit more casual so that it's not your standard competitive ranked pro environment. Um, The next tournament is actually starting this month. So February 24th at 5 p.m. PST, that's the time and the date. Signups are now live on Patreon. All you need to do to join and sign up is to support at any tier you'd like. So it's completely up to you. Every player has to be on the Patreon. Um, And for this Invitational, it's actually sponsored by 10, meaning that we have a prize pool this time. So the prize is going to be $20 in Apex Coins for each first place winner, and then $10 for not only the second place team, but also the third place team and all the players on both of those uh, teams. Now, I told you to buckle up because there really is a lot to go over here. (laughs) There's also a twist for the sixth third-party invitational. Only the original eight legends can be played. In celebration of the fourth year of Apex Legends, 10 wanted to kick it old school with some classic Apex. 
and there will be an MVP for the player with the most kills awarded by 10. So we got multiple layers Mm -hmm. of things to compete for, ways to play, different rules, biggest prize pool we've ever had, and we're going to be introducing a leaderboard, which we're calling Third Party All-Stars. And what that will be is a list of the top 10 individual players over time for all tournaments, starting with this next one. If you are in the top 10 in terms of both your kill points individually and your team's placement, you will be given a Discord role and you'll be highlighted in Discord on the podcast for your achievement of being an all-star. And this is something that as you play and if you participate in every single tournament or a lot of the tournaments, you'll kind of have this legacy rank. Uh, regardless of if your team wins or loses. It's going to be a blast. I'm really excited for the tournament, and I'm really excited for the All-Stars. A lot of really cool stuff coming. You said buckle up, and you still got to be buckled up because we are not done yet. We are increasing the cadence of tournaments, but we wanted to do more. We have been floating some ideas around, and we wanted to do something to support the community. So we're also doing an addition to more frequent invitationals and the third-party all-stars is we're going to be launching a third-party tournament server at the start of the coming season. Uh, we're going to give everybody access to it, you know, free to enter, and you're going to be able to join for community-led tournaments hosted by whoever, whenever you want to. We're going to kind of put you, the community, in charge of running these events, scheduling them, and we're just going to kind of try and put together an ecosystem for you to have the Discord structure of channels, announcements, and then if you you know kind of let us know, we can plug stuff in the other Discord if need be. We can plug stuff on the podcast if we're planning far enough in advance. We want to support you guys to run your own tournaments within the community. We're not sure how this is going to go. We might get 20 people in there and not run a tournament, or we can see this being you know, a really strong thing where a lot of people can join and run tournaments every weekend if they want to. Um, Henry and I, you know, being fans of private lobbies for a long time, kind of know how hard it is to find where you actually participate in that and where you do it in a you know, carefree environment. Uh, maybe carefree is the wrong word, a casual environment, but full of people that are kind of supportive of each other. And so that's what we're trying to create with this Discord. Uh, the Discord server is also going to have a role selector and you're going to choose your highest rank you've achieved in Apex Legends. Uh, we are kind of using that as a tester. If enough people are in the server and we have kind of enough people in each tier, we're thinking about then hosting competitive tournaments split up by ranks. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out for and another reason to join if you are interested in something along those lines. We're going to be taking applications for moderators and tournament admins uh, over the next week or so. DM if you're interested. I'll put something out on the Discord channel overall. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a blast over there. Any other thoughts on the the Discord? Anything I missed on that front? I think you covered it all. I just want to reiterate that we're excited about this, but it is an experiment. We're not going to be live streaming these tournaments. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be setting them up. We're not going to be providing a prize pool. We very well may play yeah. in some of the tournaments, but this is something that we are providing you the resources to have a, a community-led tournament where you can set your own rules own dates whatever you want and if it works out i think the big experiment is if we get a lot of people that are playing in these tournaments and are in the server then we have the potential to have even more tournaments and start a league Mm -hmm. of players that are within the same ranks or skill level so that's kind of what to look forward to but i really hope that people adopt this yep Uh, agreed couldn't have said it better myself But that's a big episode of Apex Legends news, of third-party news, and that's going to wrap up the podcast. Any final words before we sign off for the day? This is only the beginning. we got a big week ahead. Oh, it's going to be a big week ahead. Thank you so much to producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple and drop us a follow on Spotify to support the show and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down.
Tomorrow.